This is episode 184. We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Kimber Peterson. Hi, I am Kimber Peterson. I am your host today with Smarter Parenting, and we are going to be talking about consequences, or at least we're going to try. As we dive into this topic, I am addressing it because we get so many questions on consequences. But I have to admit, this is probably the eighth time I've recorded this podcast, and I keep on deleting them because I find myself halfway through and we are on a completely different subject. The reason for that is because I'm giving you these stories and I'm trying to help you understand how to use correcting behaviors in the story, but correcting the behavior and using a consequence, that is a very small piece of the puzzle. The real change comes from all of the other things that you're doing as a parent. And I keep on finding myself derailed in these podcasts as I go over and I dive into those other areas that you can work on changing and improving the behavior. So I want to use that as my preface for this episode, that if you're looking to create lasting change, this is not your episode. This is an episode for those that have been listening for a while and have learned about a variety of our skills and have still questions about what to do when the negative behaviors do still arise, because they will. Nobody's going to create the perfect child that doesn't ever misbehave. Negative behaviors are still going to come up and you need to know how to address them. So that's what we're going over in this episode. We're talking about correcting behaviors and using effective consequences to maintain a boundary that's already been established. What we're not talking about is how to have a magic consequence that will take away everything or how to teach your child a lesson through consequences because that's not how they learn lessons. So if you're looking for that kind of content, I want you to go over to our other episodes. I want you to listen to episodes about effective praise. I want you to listen to episodes about preventive teaching. Use those tools in order to change parenting for you. But if you've been listening for a while and you're prepared for this conversation, then let's talk about correcting behaviors. So in my story today, I'm going to stick with a story about a family that I've been coaching. The mom is named Rachel, and she has a teenage daughter named Annika. Now, Rachel and Annika are butting heads more and more, it seems, lately. And that's for a couple of reasons that Rachel and I have talked about. One of the reasons is that Rachel is using taking Annika's phone away as her primary consequence. Rachel feels like that's the only one that Annika cares about, and she doesn't care about pretty much anything else. The problem that Rachel runs into is that once she's taken Annika's phone away, there's not much else that motivates Annika. If she's lost her phone for a week, then they get nothing done for a week. And that's exhausting for Rachel and for Annika. Instead, Annika is trying to use her behaviors to teach Rachel a lesson. And that's happening because of ineffective consequences. As Rachel and I talked and we broke down what was going on, I've got one situation that I'm going to share with you as an example. Now, the situation is that Annika likes to push the limit with curfew. She has a 10 p.m. curfew. Happens to be that most of her friends also have a 10 p.m. curfew. Annika has a car, and so she is typically the driver for the group. And if she wants to get everybody home on time, then they typically need to leave around 9.30. That will get her past everybody's house and back to her home by 10 o'clock. But nobody wants to leave at 10.30 because they really could leave at 10.45, and they could still get home at 10 o'clock in order to meet curfew. 
Now, here's one of the spots where I keep on getting derailed. <laughs> well, the tool that I want Rachel to use in this situation is sodas. And I want her to break through and problem solve with Annika what she could do differently. And so if you want to know more about that, please go watch an episode on sodas. But moving past that, once they've done that and they've established, no, this is the exact curfew. Rachel says, no, 10 p.m. is definitely going to be our curfew. This is the outcome. And Annika sometimes follows that curfew and sometimes does not because she falls into that situation with her friends. When Annika makes the choice not to come home on curfew time, then there needs to be some sort of response from Rachel. Now, the important response is not about how Rachel is going to give her the consequence that's going to turn this all around. The important response is actually about how Rachel addresses it and approaches the situation. And the way that we teach that is through a skill called correcting behaviors. So let's break that down. The first step to correcting behaviors is to get the child's attention to stop the negative behavior. Now, in this situation, it's not Annika throwing herself on the floor, or having a tantrum or ignoring her. Instead, this situation is of Annika coming home. So this step is pretty easy for her. She approaches Annika and walks up. Step two, express empathy. Now, it's important that Rachel gets a perspective for where Annika is coming from. Now, this isn't empathy in a, oh, I'm so sorry that you're dealing with this hard thing kind of way. This empathy is about connection. So Rachel, in this scenario, just needs to connect and understand where Annika is coming from. Annika comes in the door laughing, and she's smiling, and she had a great time with her friends. And she's dreading finding her mom right there in front of her. So Rachel can address it that way. Annika, it looks like you have the best time with your friends. I'm really excited to hear about it. So using that empathy and connecting with her daughter is going to be really helpful and understanding where she's coming from. Now, what this is going to do is it's going to prevent Rachel and Annika from being on opposite sides of the table. So instead of being against one another and Rachel coming in hot and saying, do you realize what time it is? Did you see what time it was? What are you doing home this late? Or any of those other accusatory initial statements. Instead, she's coming in with, you look like you had a lot of fun. And she's genuinely connecting with Annika. She's hearing a little bit about where Annika is coming from and why she had a good night and what is so funny and any of those kinds of details because this brings Rachel and Annika together. It puts them on the same side of the table. It helps them approach the issue together. Once they're joined together and they have that connection, step three is to describe the negative behavior. It's 10.15 and Annika was supposed to be home at 10 o'clock. So Rachel can observe and describe and point that out to Annika. Step four is to deliver a consequence. Now in this situation, Rachel wants to use Annika's phone as the consequence and as the parent, that's her choice. There's a variety of other consequences that she could use, and we outlined some of those on our website if you want to go look at the list of effective consequences. Step five, describe what you want your child to do instead. Annika has learned that she lost her phone for a day, and now Rachel's going to describe for her exactly what she needs to do differently. Rachel's also going to let her know right here at this point that Annika can earn some of that time back by practicing with her and going through and doing a role play. So now Annika's bought in and she's a little bit more motivated to participate in a role play or problem solving exercise. Rachel explains to her exactly what they've already gone through by using the sodas and the preventive teachings and the other things that they've been doing throughout their coaching experience. I don't want to leave those out because remember, those are the things that are creating lasting change and making this teaching interaction work. 
So Rachel goes through and she describes for her exactly what she expects Anna to do, Annika to do. Step six is to use a reason why and use one that's important to your child. If Rachel starts using an excuse of, I want you to be home by 10 o'clock because your brother also has to be home by 10 o'clock and he'll think it's not fair if you don't come home at 10 o'clock. That's not one that really resonates with Annika. She doesn't really care. <laughs> so we want to find one that's meaningful to Annika. So instead, Rachel used a rationale of, Annika, you just got your first job and we're so excited for you and you get to learn this amazing responsibility and earn money from it. But your job is early in the morning. So that's why we've got curfew at 10 p.m. so that you can get all the rest you need and get to work on time and be able to be productive and have fun at your job. Now, that rationale does work for Annika and she does care about that. And so it's meaningful to her. And that's why Rachel used it. Step seven is to practice the new behavior and then reduce the consequence. So before, Annika lost her phone for a whole day. And after practicing and doing a role play of what she should have done instead, and in this role play, what Annika and Rachel did is they broke down and they practiced how Annika can tell her friends, no, it's really time to go. If you would like a ride from me, I'm leaving right now. If you'd like to get a ride from somebody else, then that's fine too. And they go through and they practice having that conversation over and over again. And doing a couple of practices of this helps Annika be more prepared to address it with her friends because she's got some of that muscle memory. She's getting it through that role play. After they've gone through and they've practiced, she reduces the consequence. You've only lost your phone for half a day. So you've got your shift first thing in the morning. You're not taking your phone to work. You're not going to have it until the end of your shift. But when you get home and after you've been home for about an hour, that's about halfway through the day and you can have your phone back at that point because you practiced. So Annika earned a consequence. She still has to live with that consequence. It is a consequence that fits the size of the situation and the scenario and what they've been working on. They are also using all of the other tools. All of these things done in conjunction are what make this an effective interaction. And this is a positive way for Rachel to correct a behavior. However, if they were skipping some of those steps, if she were not using a sizable consequence, let's say I went in and I said, you've lost your phone for a month. She's 15 minutes late from curfew. And so she's lost her phone for a whole month. I'm setting us up both for misery. <laughs> it's not a sizable consequence and it doesn't fit the situation that's going on. So let's take a minute to talk about some of those details. Now, if you go to our website, you can learn more about how to use the steps of correcting behaviors that I just walked through. And you can also learn more about effective negative consequences. Now, in effective negative consequences, we teach that there's five different components to them. One is that they're immediate. They should be given as soon as possible after the negative behavior in order to help your child really understand the connection between the two. So in this scenario, Rachel approached Annika immediately after coming home late. Now, the degree and size. How big or how small is the negative consequence? For most kids, having a consequence that goes beyond seven days is not effective. So save those long consequences for the things that are really needing them. Instead, use small consequences more frequently. And that's going to help you remain in proportion and your child feel like there's a way to dig themselves out of the hole. When a kid loses their consequence for a period of time that they really can't see beyond, then they stop caring. It's no longer motivating. It was never super motivating in the first place, but now it's really not motivating. 
the degree or the size of the consequence really matters. And in this situation, coming home 15 minutes late resulted in losing her phone for one day, which later got reduced to half a day, which was more proportionate with the behavior. So the next component is to be consistent. Now, Rachel needs to follow through with Annika every single time she comes home late, because if she doesn't, then she's just hitting every fifth or sixth time that Annika comes home late. And if Annika is playing Russian roulette with coming home on time, then she's going to be willing to take the risk. It becomes a game and exciting. And although she may not want the consequence, she's still willing to roll the, roll the dice. The next thing is that it's important. It should be something that's important to your child. So it should be um, something that's proportionate to what they have going on, like we said before, but also something that's individualized to them. I was working with a family once where this little boy, he loved to read. It was his favorite thing to do. And his parents kept on trying to use a consequence of losing Xbox that he didn't play because that's what all the other kids cared about. But for him as an individual, he didn't care about that. He did care about all the time that he had for reading. So as we worked with his parents, we started eliminating Xbox as a consequence. That didn't really matter to him. And instead, we started using you know, free time, downtime to be able to read as part of his consequence. So he would do things like you know, that free period of the day where he typically would have time to read, he had to do additional chores or other tasks in that time instead and didn't have the opportunity to read. Or he would have just kind of a baseline amount of reading time, like 30 minutes, but then wouldn't be able to read beyond that. He'd have to choose a different activity or task. So we set up some of those consequences because that was what was important and mattered to him. And that helped them in their home to address the behaviors that were going on. And remember, it's not about taking away all that you can. It's really just about letting your, your child understand that there is a response cost. There is something that comes as a result of making a negative choice. The last thing is that it should be varied. So you want to switch up your consequences by using a variety of different consequences for different negative behaviors. And this part, I'm not going to lie, it's exhausting. <laughs> if you are correcting behaviors and using consequences effectively, it's often more work for you as the parent than it is for the child. And that's not fun to say. It's not fun to experience, but it's, it's the truth. So keep your consequences varied. You want to mix up what you're doing and not use the same thing every single time. So other consequences that Rachel and I talked about in, in her scenario of, of Annika coming home late were things like, Yes, losing her phone, losing access to driving privileges. We talked about changing her curfew time and having that time frame vary. So instead of 10 o'clock, it would become 9.45 and then 9.30 and then 9.15. And that that could kind of be anywhere within that range based off of how she was behaving and what she was doing. Using the same consequence for every single thing, every single time is not going to be effective. You don't have to use a different thing every single time for every single consequence, but keep it varied, switch things up. So with those five components, immediate, size, consistent, important, and varied, you want to make sure that you're using those components and deciding what your consequences are going to be. It is going to be far more powerful for you as the parent to make some decisions about consequences before the situation comes up. So I would recommend pulling out a notepad. If you've got a co-parent that you parent with, so a spouse or an ex or somebody else that's involved in parenting with you, then bring them to the table and pull out your notepad and make a list of two different things. On one side of your paper, I want you to list out all of the things that your kids are going to get access to regardless. 
in that scenario that I told you about reading, we talked about how important reading was <laughs> and how it wasn't a consequence we wanted to use all the time. And so keeping a baseline of at least 30 minutes of time for their son to read, that was something that he just got in his day and was never going to be taken away. You want to include a variety of different things in these basic privileges and make sure that they're accessible to your kids at all times. This is going to help strengthen your relationship with your child because when you're angry and frustrated in that moment, you're going to be inclined to take away some of those things. But if you've really established that those are off limits, then it's going to help you navigate that frustration much easier in the moment. So on my list in my home, I've, I've shared that I've got a five-year-old son and he loves his stuffed animal. He's got a stuffed animal that he sleeps with at nighttime. And sometimes bedtime is frustrating or we get to the end of the day and I'm looking around the room for consequences and things to take away. And taking away that stuffed animal is something I'd really like to do a lot of times. But my husband and I have talked about that being off limits and that not being an option for consequences. Now, the reason that we do that is because our son has this attachment. It becomes more of an emotional thing. It becomes more of a punishing interaction than it does a learning interaction. And, it, and what I've talked to you about today in these skills, they're about learning. They're about connecting with your child and not punishing them. The minute that I switch over to start punishing, I'm no longer being effective. I'm not building my relationship. I am not teaching my child. Instead, I'm just trying to show them how angry I am. And that's not effective. So we keep Pickle, the stuffed animal, off the table. He's not a consequence. He's on that list of basic things that our son gets to have. A glass of water by his bed at nighttime. That's a basic thing he gets to have. Go through and make a list of those things so that you're not inclined to take them away when you're frustrated because that's when you're becoming punitive and that's not helpful. On the other side of your paper, I want you to write out things that are on the table, things that might be important to your child or some things they could do to fill their time instead of doing other things that they'd like to do. So I might put some chores on the, on the list instead of it being you know, free time and being able to go outside with their friends, they have to do these extra tasks or chores. It's filling their time with that. Um, I can put things on the list like driving privileges or curfew or some of these other things that we've talked about in this podcast. Frankly, this list is going to be different for every family in every situation. For a lot of families, things like screen time and video games and that kind of stuff, that's on the list of things that can be taken away. I was once talking to a mom. Her name's Victoria, and, and she and I were talking about how she works from home. Victoria was sharing about you know the different consequences that they were trying to put on their list of being effective tools, and she just started crying and said, I know that I want screen time on this list of things that are privileges and can be taken away, but I also know that I work from home and I can't follow through with that every time. There are days where I rely on the TV in order to get through the day and get through my meetings and work that I'm doing and keeping my kids out of the office. And she and I talked about how that was okay, that their family gets to choose what those consequences are and what works for them. And so if TV time needed to stay on the list of basic privileges that she wasn't going to take away, not for her children's sake, but for her sake, then that was realistic. And what we were doing in that conversation was actually really helpful. Because instead of her telling her kids that they were going to lose TV and then walking out of the room and going to the office and then brushing them away when they try to interrupt her and saying, go turn on the TV, that situation, she's undermining herself. She's saying one thing and she's doing another. And we don't want to set up those situations. 
Instead, we want to set up things that are realistic for your family. So making this list can be really helpful in that. For her list, we decided that we would let TV shows and those kinds of things be off the, off the privilege list. Her kids could have access to that. She didn't need to use it as a consequence. Instead, she would use things like video games and that sort of thing as the consequence. So they might like watching some TV, but they get bored pretty quickly and they move on to other activities. It helps fill the time for while she's working, but it's also not the most exciting thing for them to do. And we can keep that privilege of that exciting thing um, on the table. And so she's able to use you know, TV time to help her get through her workday, but she's also able to use video games as a way to motivate her kids and and have them earn extra fun things. So that's the other important part of this list. I want you to include things that you could increase or you could add when your kids are doing things really well. And in order to learn more about that, I want you to go to the website and look at our page on effective positive rewards. Use those tools as a way to help guide your parenting and reinforce your kids because that's where the change is coming from. (laughs) I stayed on task in this podcast and we talked about correcting behaviors and consequences, but I am itching to dive into all the other areas that I want you to focus on. And those are using effective positive rewards and reinforcing your kids and celebrating their successes by using effective praise and setting them up for success by using role plays and preventive teaching and all of those other tools that we offer. So I hope that you've gained some understanding of consequences and how to maintain a boundary once you've set it. That's what this podcast was really meant to do. But don't forget, this is a small piece of the puzzle and you've got a lot more to learn. So jump over to our website and learn more so that you can be effective and on the same team as your kids because who doesn't want that? Have a great week and we'll see you next time.